totally agree. All my friends are just trying to challenge me and it's just, <laughs> just, yeah. uh, what, you, yeah. what other odds could I give you? I, I, I started with I've no taken rook, a queen, rook off rook. the board. Oh yeah, you taken the queen and a rook. Queen, yeah, rook queen odds. and rook. What, what am I else supposed uh, to do? Welcome to Tea with my uncle Iros. Lazy Susan style conversations with mentors and musicians that have inspired me over the years. I'm your host, Son of Paper. Uncle Iroh is a character in Avatar who my generation has deemed the most wise and patient mentor ever. And so this season, I sat down with my uncles and aunties to pick their brains on how to best navigate this planet with wisdom, grace, and compassion. And what better beverage for conversation than tea? Welcome to today's podcast. Um, I have a very special guest, one that I consider not just a mentor and a friend and a teacher, but also more like family, I would say. Um, we've known each other since I was, I believe, five years old, six years old. Yeah. T- without further ado, this is Jesse Diakino, uh, academic chess teacher. Wow. Hey, that's a pretty nice intro. Yeah, I consider you family as well, buddy. So nice to uh, be on your podcast. It's a very yeah. special day. It's my birthday, too. I took time off to spend with you on my yes. birthday. Big happy birthday. Big, uh, well, I, I won't disclose the age, but um, congratulations. Another Why don't you advice. disclose the age? Is that a thing? <laughs> 54. So that's not a thing. I don't know if that's a thing. Maybe some people have that. I'm proud. <laughs> it's a badge of honor. You know, you wear your gray hairs and your your wrinkles and, you know, your sore ankles with, with, with honor. 54, buddy. Yeah, let's just start introducing yourself and tell us more about how you got into teaching chess and, and everything. I love to hear. Uh, yeah, it was a, a kind of a random thing. It wasn't a plan. Uh, my name is Jesse Diakino, and I've uh, known Kyle for quite some time, like he said, since he was six or seven. I met him going to his school when it was at a smaller campus, San Francisco Friends School on Diamond Street. And that was probably year four or five that I've been doing this. I've been doing this almost 20 years, and my foray into chess teaching was purely by accident because my former life, I was an aspiring actor. I was doing four or five jobs at the same time. I was auditioning for stuff, bartending, and I happened to meet while bartending uh, the founder of Academic Chess who came into my bar. And at that time, there was maybe only a handful of schools that was really into chess, but I just started just doing it and I kind of did it on the fly and I learned a lot in the process. Wow. I didn't know that you were a bartender. Actually, that's, that's that's something new. Uh, yeah, I'm a slinger of drinks. I, uh, I, I I do a lot of things. I've done a lot of things in my life. But uh, I think that performance piece of being an aspiring actor and being behind that bar and meeting people from all walks of life, looking for that connection to them, definitely crossed over and transferred to chess and working with kids. I mean, I animate all the pieces. I use different voices and uh, anything to get those kids wide-eyed looking at me. Like maybe you have vague memories of that at your school that you would look up and go, oh my God, this guy has something to say. And that's, I think, part of my personality when I bartended. That's super awesome. That's something that, that definitely hooked me to the game of chess. I I took lessons after school program at friend school, like you said. The next summer I was in chess camp along with a bunch of other wide-eyed kids watching, yeah, nothing less than magic or like a performance show. I have a time machine story that I think is pretty well known with kids in San Francisco about how the pieces came to me. So 
it just started from there. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, you know, chess has just risen so much too, which is the funny part since you learned the game, since I learned the game. And now it's not only grandmasters teaching chess online, it's people doing streams of them pl playing games. I would say at least 60 to 70% of my friends have gotten into the game of chess in the last three months. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. parents, do you think, why do you think that is? It's not because of the Queen's Gambit, right? It's not because of that show. I think it's the Queen's Gambit. I think yeah, it's, okay. well, but it's, it's multiple things. So it's, I think it's, it was an aligning of the stars. Queen's Gambit is definitely one of them. I would also say that another big factor is just that it's quarantine and that it's been this extended period of time where people can't see people. So why not work on a new skill? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I think, I think that is a thing because I've had parents ask me, have you uh, seen an increase in an interest in chess because of the Queen's Gambit. I, I love that show, but it's catered to adults. There's a lot of themes in there that right. I wouldn't have kids do it. But from an educational tool standpoint, chess has always been around. And you know, as far as it being a, a tool for enhancing critical thinking skills, instilling patience, all the things that made getting chess in schools pretty easy, to be honest. There's so many other topics I want to get to. One of them is just our relationship and specifically our routine. It's just one of the most iconic memories uh, I have of childhood. <laughs> yeah. And oh, that's awesome. yeah, can you describe picking me up and, and that <laughs> ride to chess camp? Oh, oh, well, well, first, you know, Kyle, you, you are, you are one of the very few kids that I recall that, that your enthusiasm rose to such a level and it, it and, and i was very privileged to like your parents would drop you off because you know you live just a few blocks from us so you would come to the house and you'd ride in my car i had back then i had an old vintage mercedes <laughs> and, and, I, and and you were so open and like wide-eyed and wanted to we didn't just talk chess i was like kyle do you know who James Brown is? And now you're an aspiring musician who's James Brown, the godfather of soul. His influence has permeated all like hip hop and all different types of genres and music for that matter. And and so that's 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 one of my memories of just going to and from chess camp. And, and then, of course, the time spent there was watching uh, your game evolve. Do you remember the two food related things related to our routine as well? Oh, you loved, you loved to get these potato wedges as KFC, <laughs> Am I right? You had to get, I would get you these potato wedges at KFC and then eats. There was eats on Clement. Oh God. Yeah. You had the, you had the strangest breath. Oh, cause you, I know you have all your allergies. I would get you and the woman would look at me very strangely. I said, yeah, just give me like a mound of potatoes and like eats strips of bacon <laughs> you would eat just bacon and potatoes and i was like all right kid i mean whatever makes you happy but uh yeah is that right you yeah that's right wedges. and then i also made your car change its smell oh what was that from do you remember you altered the smell of my car uh, yeah by, by putting in snacks into your glove compartment for years. <laughs> oh the rice crackers crackers yeah, yeah yeah it literally changed the smell of your car for the summer Teaching is an energy exchange. It's not so much that, yeah. Uh, and I will say, well, I thank you as well. And Kyle, I'll thank you as a former student. And now I'm grateful to have you in my life as a friend. But uh, as a student, it's reciprocal. And teaching kids has also taught me, like teaching you and all the other kids over 20 years of doing this. It's the perfect practice of being in the moment. Like a chess game, mm -hmm. you have to be in that moment. Like we all have different names. We all have different shoe sizes. We all have different temperaments and personalities. 
realities. And when a kid comes to you, maybe in your mind, it's not that big a deal, but in their mind, it's the biggest thing in the world. Their world is coming down and you have to learn to meet them where they are. I mean, you recall there was a moment in your chess playing life where you used to take losses pretty bad, like, you know, Super to the bad. point of like kicking and tears. And I mean, there are gradations between that and kids who just go, oh, I lost. So thank you. You taught me, you taught me a lot. You still, we still, we still have our talks. I mean, I take things from you all the time, you know, and that's what it is to have relationships. So you want it to be one that uh, you are generous and giving and you are uh, humble enough to receive things too. Like, just like chess, you know, humble and gracious in victory or defeat, young man. I had a very short but bright career ending tournament chess in the eighth grade, but I learned a lot in retrospect, you know, I wrote an essay about it to get me into high school. I then made friends by playing the game of chess and started a club in college. And you actually, or I think you and Lena collaborated to donate chess sets to Wesleyan Chess Club. And it's just been an incredible experience, just like music has, in terms of building community and making new relationships through a game that's just a universal game. Um, yeah. I really appreciated so much the way that you taught the game. I, I was I was recently reflecting about all my other past teachers of chess, Larry Christensen, I've had Michael Agner, but none made me as excited about the game as you did. And even the way that I, I now teach chess, right? So now I teach some privates. I definitely try to embody your style the most out of anyone, right? A very rare and special gift that you have and that you were able to impart on me even as a kid and and I was I'm still able to learn and and, and grow from it to this day. So um oh, thank you for so that. Awesome. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. You don't again you don't have to thank me for that. You 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 uh played your part in that as well with all the other students who sat in front of me that said, hey, I want to be here. I want I want to be here to learn from you. And without that desire or enthusiasm, then I'm not teaching, you know? So you, 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 you can take credit for that too, buddy. Uh, one funny story I wanted to tell you was that my parents, they let me know that they weren't sure if you were BSing them that I actually had talent and I was a special kid in chess. So they, they're like, is, <laughs> is he just trying to make this a private lesson to pay more? What's happening? Like, is yeah, my son pretty, actually talented or? That's pretty funny. <laughs> it's funny when you, that you tell me that, because I have a fair amount of requests to coach kids privately and my schedule is actually full and I won't teach a kid unless I really think two things exist. Like they're willing to take on a kind of discipline regimen of homework and that they really want to do it. You know, that I see that they want to take lessons from me. So it's not, it's, it's, I've never been a coach who was influenced or, or sought to, to, to make money. I just actually was fortunate. I've been fortunate that I've made a living doing something that I just purely exude joy, but that's a funny story. No, I mean, I saw, I mean, when I met you, you were six or like a first grader and I at, at that time I'd probably been teaching six years and the way I saw you move pieces to form attacks and the way you not only just sat there fully attentive but you instantly you started applying them you know other kids you could tell them why you castle and why you develop and you'll show them visually on a demonstration board we'll go to the game and they're still making seven straight pawn moves you know I mean it did well, I'm glad I'm glad it played out for you that your parents did say Jesse was trying to shyster them. Oh, uh, Jung. Jung and Sabrina. Oh, your parents are so sweet. 
no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna join your mom's uh, pot sticker class once. So let me ask you. I know this is your little podcast, but but so so aside from our our kind of memories, and uh, and it wasn't a thing where it was a given that we would you know right. kind of be in each other's lives. But I think I think, and that's why I say this this energy exchange exchange that it was it was reciprocal. Like mm-hmm. we both felt things. I felt like, yeah, you know, like you, you were someone in that hat and that role I wear as a teacher that was, uh, was, uh, was, was memorable and significant. So I'll, I'll give some context, um, a little bit of about family, a little bit about just that time in my life in relation to chess and in relation to transition and change. So I, I stopped playing chess. And I was headed to high school. I was headed to university high school. But I started a new chapter of life where I would be focusing more on school and sports and, and social life and stuff like that. It was really hard. I, I, it was a really hard and painful choice to quit something that brought me so much joy. It that all, Chess, I think also to me, felt like a central part of my relationship to my father in that he was, we would go on these really long, um, awesome, but also arduous and and kind of, lonely trips out to random parts of the country, whether it be Texas, Orlando, Fresno. And he would, yeah, we would just spend a lot of time together. And, and, and he knew all my physical needs and would make sure I'm the most comfortable I can to excel at what I was doing. And um, I think that's true for a lot of kids that get to excel is that their parents are just their number one supporter, right? Yeah. And so that was ending, that was changing. And so I think maybe in high school and college, seeing you reminded me of the really bright and sunny days of middle school and, and before that, where, where I was just getting into the passion of and love for the game. And so I think that relationship felt kind of paternal, but also felt like I could ask you things more freely than I could to someone else. Someone that, that knew me as, as a kid, I just felt, yeah, just more trust and more security in that uh, relationship. And then, and then I think everything else was just very like natural connections. Like, like, you know, Akoya is a musician now. And so we've connected over that multiple times. We're we're both big basketball fans, Warriors fans. You've told me about your, your legendary days as a, as a tall Filipino man, just (laughs) falling out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one of the the standard lines that I get. You're, you're kind of tall for a Filipino. And yeah, I used to play in a, I used to play in a Filipino basketball league that it was a height requirement. It was like six, four under. I was, uh, I jokingly say I was the shack of the Filipino league because that was kind of a big, (laughs) yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. So I think there's just other, other natural intersections because, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't really about chess. Right. It was about um, a connection and a viewpoint, like a way of perspective on life. I think that chess is, you know, it's competitive. It's technically like a war game. I feel like it's battle strategy, but at the core of it, it's just teaching you life skills, like patience, like you said, about making plans, adapting your plans when they don't go well, being in the right, in the moment, being in, in the right space of mind to deal with adversity, whether you make a mistake or you, lose a game early and have to bounce back for the rest of the tournament. I've, I've, I think I remember I lost around three of a national tournament and you can't win the nationals anymore after you've lost a game. So I told my dad, I didn't want to play anymore and that I didn't want to go to Disney world either. And he was like, yeah, we're here, yeah. you're going to play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so, you know, that things like that just taught me uh, a lot more about life. Like I think that was beyond my years. Yeah, well, that's how I see our 
our years evolving as as now friends, Kyle, is that that is it is just like chess. You know, we will talk about uh, I'm sure decisions. Maybe you'll contemplate. You know, maybe you know you'll want to get my insights and vice versa. I'll ask what you think about something, but that's that's inherent in chess. You know, there's there's always a consequence to a decision made, and and sometimes we will think that it is the right decision because we've thought it through and then uh, it might play out that it's a mistake, but like you say, we have to adapt, but uh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, you, you hit it right on the head. Chess is, it's, it is uh, at face value, this battle game, but there's so many sub plots and things going on behind a game of chess that you could just throw on in, in, into life. So I've been actually writing down a couple of stories and maybe in a year we could have another podcast. I'll share with you this this thing I'm taking on. Uh, so you talked about, um, um, you know, in, in times of COVID, people are learning new things. So I'm actually, actually, I'm not really learning it, but I'm starting to write down all my my stories around chess and, oh, and how wow. my, my 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 side name is the chess detective. People call me that because I'm dressed a certain way. So I'm 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 writing this uh, this book about the decision making and weaving it and crossing it over to my solving of mysteries off the chessboard and on the chessboard. So I'm going to, that's the thing I'm spending a good amount of time on. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I think that's, uh, yeah, that's how our relationship will go to. You'll, you'll share some really cool things with me, successes, some trials, some, some frustrations. And overall, I think you, you have paved the way you've, you've set yourself up to succeed in whatever you do. So that, that I'm proud to have played a part in your, in your life, young man. Oh, thank yeah. you. Are you able to talk about Black Moves First? And Black Moves First was this thing I had in the middle of coming out of a meditative a meditation session. I was like, I'm going to do this thing where uh, I wanted to teach um, the game of chess to people of color and then mentor young uh, African-Americans to teach chess and to teach them how to think critically and then form uh, staffs to go into neighborhoods where we could bring chess to so and say I was going to do this on my own time for free not going to charge and just try to go f uh, foot forward with my intention and you got a lot going on I mean you're you know you your your plans were derailed going down to LA and mm -hmm. you know pursuing music full-time so you're showing your adaptability uh, I'm proud of you that you even think of these things to to do these podcasts and reach out to your mentors and then all the while trying to create music and you're teaching chess. So, you know, you're filling up your your space and uh, yeah, you're you're lending balance to your life, which is awesome. I would want that for anybody you know, and you're, you're showing it. So it's really great stuff. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and then we'll have to get in and play some poker soon. I miss playing poker. I know. I mean, I miss, I miss live poker. Like I miss sitting mm. at a table. Like that's the thing, you know, I have, yeah. I have big dreams to win a world series of poker bracelet. I, I, I miss sitting at a table looking at people and going, <laughs> I could see right through your soul kid. <laughs> yeah. Good memories. For anyone listening to the podcast that is just trying to improve their game on their own, what's just one or two things that you would recommend them to do to just instantly get better and be on the path to self-improvement? I would memorize eight opening principles. 
like just what you're supposed to do as the foundation of your game in the first part of a chess game, the opening, you know, like fighting for that center, developing, securing your king, all that. I would do uh, get on a regiment of puzzles. I'd probably do like if you can do five, ten puzzles a day. Start with that uh, and start uh, nurturing that pattern recognition of your chess playing brain that will you know, once you get out of the opening and start recognizing things, oh yeah, this is where I've seen combinations happen in uh, the puzzles I'm working on. So if you just did that at the very beginning, uh, and then of course, you know, expand on that and look at your games too. Like, why did you lose? Have someone analyze your games. Like, why, why am I losing this game? Where did I, you know, identify position where you think the position was, or the game was lost? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's the same thing I've, I've been telling my students. So if the parents watching, just know that I got it from somewhere, not just from there you go, <laughs> the internet or something. Yeah, you're 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 part protege. You're my protege and uh, and uh, a good friend, <laughs> Kyle. I, I I have no doubt that this this uh, the baton of knowledge I've handed it over to you, and I feel. And if anything comes up with your students, yeah, you you know, you always have someone in ear. You could say, well, well you know, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, you, 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 you have that part that will make a great teacher, which is you're looking to connect to them. So it's chess is just the backdrop. You're going to be a teacher of other things, I'm sure, at some point in life, too. I mean, you're, you, you have things you want to share. And it's one of my messages I said, to, I say to kids too out there, I say, share your knowledge. They say, oh, I beat my dad. I crushed him. And I go, hey, but listen, if you keep crushing your dad because your dad doesn't have the backdrop of information to play a good game of chess, you'll never get better. You're just going to say, I keep crushing my dad. But the goal is to have someone who will give you a fight back. So share your knowledge with them. Say, hey, dad, you're not developing your pieces or you're not doing this. Like share your information mm. so as to give the other person on the other side of that board something to work with, too. And mm -hmm. that person will elevate your game. So it's not about winning and winning easy. Winning easy is boring. You know what I mean? I agree. There's something about there's something about the fight that, oh, gosh, I got to gotta rack my brain how to get through this. So and you'll do it your whole life, not just in chess, buddy. Totally agree. All my friends are just trying to challenge me and it's just, what other odds could I give you? I've, I, I started with I've no taken rook, a queen rook, and rook off the board. Oh yeah. You taking the queen and a rook? Queen, yeah. Rook queen odds. and rook. What, what am I else supposed uh, to do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stop hanging your pieces. All right, Jesse. Well, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Uh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Let's just do a little cheers and we'll uh, end it out. Thank you for coming, Jesse. All right. Cheers, Kyle. Yeah. We'll be in touch soon. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tea with My Uncle Iros. Catch us every Monday on your favorite podcasting service. TWMUI is written and produced by me. Definitely rate and review us on iTunes and follow me at Son of Paper on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Theme music by Keys. For more, visit facebook.com slash unlockedkeys. Spill with y'all next time on Tea with My Uncle Iros.